You're listening to the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bluen. Oh yeah, flip it, flip the airplane mode. Uh, if you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in the skies. What's going on, everyone? Dana Blue and Southeast Asia Business Podcast here on EFM, the one and only podcast network for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Today with me in the studio, we're talking to Dina Salonga. She is the managing director of Yoga Plus. She's also a mindfulness trainer, which is an interesting story because we were talking right before we came on uh, the podcast. She used to be the boss from hell, very <laughs> Devil Wears Prada-esque. <laughs> Uh, like sort of diva boss, badass in the office. Mm-hmm. She's a former tech entrepreneur. She exited from her previous tech services company uh, back in 2016. And she's now running multiple yoga studios here in Manila. Mm-hmm. And she's doing corporate training on mindfulness. Dina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Dana. Thank you for having me. Dana and Dina live in studio. <laughs> <laughs> so Dina, talk to me. How do you go from being a complete badass in the corporate world as mm-hmm. a tech entrepreneur to mm-hmm. someone who's now doing mindfulness training and working with corporations and teaching yoga. Yeah. Okay. Well, it didn't happen overnight for sure. Yep. It was a journey. Okay. So I think it was more a personal journey and um, it wasn't something that I really intended. Mm. So like I, that I noticed that, okay, I'm just um a badass boss, as you said, yeah. and I needed to change because I keep losing people. It wasn't like that. Okay. So uh, while I was running this company that I co-founded with my partners, um, I discovered yoga. And uh, yoga was actually the one that led me to the path of mindfulness. So I started out with a physical practice, so more of body work, if you may call it that. Like so, the physical side of being of a yogi. yoga. Yeah. yeah. So after five years, I became a yoga teacher. And so I got deeper into yoga, to the practice, into the philosophy. But at a certain point, I realized that um, having experienced, you know, being more patient, the calmness, the peace that came with the practice, that I could combine it with my management experience and start coaching, you know, executives, corporate leaders. And so I searched for a program to help me go with that. And I discovered mindfulness along the way. Now, do you find that corporate leaders are really into that? Are they they really open to the mindfulness training aspect combined with yoga and kind of integrating that into their culture? Um, It's starting. Um, It's starting now. But in the U.S., it started in Silicon Valley. So big companies like Google, Adobe, Salesforce.com, these big tech companies have some kind of mindfulness They're program. They're big into the mindfulness yes, aspect yes. of it. Yeah, just last night I was listening to a, a video um, recording of, of the CEO of Moss Adams. I think they're top five accounting firms in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. big accounting firm. Yeah, and the, the CEO was really talking about how they are shifting their culture into a mindfulness-based culture. So that has to start at the top with the executives and has to trickle down, I guess? Yes. That's why my focus is really on influencing the decision makers. Yeah. How, does that, how does that work? Have you gotten a lot of really strong buy-in from executives so far in the Philippines? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So, You're working on it. Yes, yes. So that's why this opportunity to be heard yeah, via your podcast is, <laughs> is, is something that I really appreciate. Well, so, I appreciate you coming yeah. on because mindfulness is something I'm... 
I struggle with, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I can be fairly intense. Mm-hmm. And I, I do try to take time to to focus and I, I don't want to say recenter because that sounds kind of like hippie-ish, but <laughs> you know, I, I do try to be very cognizant of the way I act and the way I'm mm. treating people mm. in a mindful way, but mm. I do struggle with it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I found interesting, I want to touch on because you were talking about uh, a lot of your training in Thailand mm-hmm. and the integration of kind of Buddhist ideas mm-hmm. into the mindfulness aspect. Mm-hmm. Philippines is a very, very Christian country. Correct. Right? And so it's an outlier in Southeast Asia in mm-hmm. that regard mm-hmm. where we, most of the countries are Buddhist or Muslim. Mm-hmm. The Philippines is essentially the only Christian majority country in That's the region. Correct. How does, and it, it's very Christian, like mm-hmm. like not just like, like oh, it's a, a lot of Christians here. It's like super Christian. Everything uh, we see has something to do with Christianity almost mm-hmm. and I wonder how a lot of the Buddhist aspects translate or are accepted by the Christian population. Is is that a struggle or is that something that they're very open to? Um, there is a bit of that, not just in the mindfulness, but even in the yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people do, oh, I don't want to try yoga because I'm a Catholic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I, I see that in the U.S. too. People yes. who are super Catholic or super Christian. Yeah. We'll say, oh, yoga is like uh, it's a, like, religio- it's, yeah, a religion. It, it's part of like Hinduism or Buddhism. Yes. I can't do that. That's, that's anti-Christian. And, that's true. You know, I, I think I, my limited understanding of yoga is that would be a misconception. It's just mm-hmm. a physical practice. It, well, or it can be just a physical practice. Yeah, but there's that whole philosophy about yoga that yeah. maybe people um, are scared of. But if you really study it and you go deeper into it, a lot of it is very Christian. Hmm. Yeah, so there's not really um, a very big difference between the belief of, of Christians. It's just, you know, they also have a lot of gods. Yeah. You know, Catholics also have a lot of saints and mm. a lot of gods. But the basic principle of of um, loving others, you know, the do not do unto others yeah. what you don't want others to do unto you, the golden rule that mm. we, we say is what the Ten Commandments is about, mm. that's also very yogic. Mm. Yeah. Now, I, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an atheist, hardcore atheist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe that there is any religion but besides mm-hmm. the point. Uh, my f- girlfriend, or as Emily continues to pressure me, my producer continues to pressure me <laughs> to say my fiance, um, <laughs> is Thai and Buddhist mm-hmm. and uh, very, very like a well-educated uh, Buddhist family. Mm-hmm. And uh, she often says, you know, I really think my girlfriend's more atheist than anything, but she's she'll always argue. She's like, "Look, I'm a Buddhist. We just believe don't be an asshole, and you'll be fine." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she's very upfront about that. Too. But the one thing I love about because I live in Thailand and I, I love about living in a Buddhist country is that they really don't care like either way what your views are. Or they'll try mm-hmm. anything. They're open yeah. to a lot of things. Yeah. And I, I find that you know, in, when I'm back in America, it's very judgmental. A lot of it comes from religion yes. in, in the U.S. being a majority Christian country. Yeah. Do you, do you see a lot of that judgmentalness like uh, with your business practice and the mindfulness, the yoga? Um, I hear it a lot. It was like one time we were trying to join um, an, an activi- activity, like a fair in one of the Christian churches here. Mm-hmm. So they like have a basement and they, they have these booths where they promote to the new members. So it's more of an international um, church community okay. and we applied for a booth and they said no we cannot accept you because it's yoga <laughs> so that was the first sort of discrimination if you may call it that yeah. that I experienced 
um, I don't really get to hear people saying it to my face that, you know, I don't mm. want to do yoga because I'm Catholic. I hear it a lot. I, uh, one of my relatives said, um, can you, I really want to come to your studio, but can you just change your name? Because my pastor said, we cannot do yoga. So I said, oh, okay, but my name is Yoga Plus. So yeah. How, yeah. how can I, <laughs> how can that's you my brand, it? right? You can so, make not Yoga Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and I think that there's really, I think it results also a lot from ignorance. Yeah. So people not knowing what it really is, it, we get that even from doctors, not just religious wow. people. Yeah. yeah, so like we will have students who will be prevented from coming to yoga because they are injured or something. And the doctor says not to move or mm. not to whatever, but I'm, I'm sure their doctors probably have not even tried yoga or yeah. or like you can't use yoga as exercise because you just sit there and then meditate or what and like okay ask the doctor to come yeah. and let's see whether his heart rate will increase or not or if he's gonna sweat or not so mm. you know I, I have a personal experience with yoga I had in 2008 or 2007 I had a really bad spine injury mm-hmm. I ruptured two discs in my lower spine I spent a year in physical therapy learning to walk again mm-hmm. uh, without a cane and really struggled to to get back to that point physical therapy got me there right with physical therapy I got to the point where I could walk again I had mm-hmm. control of my muscles and my physical therapist at the time said you know as I was wrapping up my physical therapy She's like, you know, maybe you should try going to a yoga studio mm. to work on your flexibility because it will help with your range of motion okay. and it'll help you, you know, keep the blood flowing and continue to heal and move through the injury. Yeah. Because there's not much more that like occupational physical therapy or physical therapy in general could could have done for me. Mm-hmm. She recommended a few places and I spent about a year going only twice a week to a yoga studio um, and it, it made a huge difference from you know, the huge gap that physical therapy got me through in a year. And then the ability to just go through these kind of very controlled stretches and Mm -hmm. movements and Mm -hmm. work with the yoga instructor that understood the challenges I was facing Mm -hmm. and helped Mm -hmm. me get past that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I have a lot of respect for what yoga, one, did for me, and Mm -hmm. two, you know, has the ability to do from a physical perspective. Mm -hmm. It's also very hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Yes, yes. I I think one of the, I'd say... The magic that yoga does, it, it allows you to stay in a difficult position and be relaxed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it take, you know, it's hard work to be relaxed in yes. that difficult position. Like a downward dog or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, recently I've been uh, looking at some of like the hanging yoga, the suspended yoga stuff. Trapeze, yeah. yeah and, uh, We're actually going to start offering that in our studios really? in a few months. Now, because of my, my spine injury, I'm a big fan of uh, in, inversion. Yeah. And uh, I, I do inversion quite a bit whenever I get the chance. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was looking at one of the yoga studios near me in Bangkok that does inversion and, or does the trapeze just so mm-hmm. you can hang. And mm-hmm. it, it's a very natural way to be able to like flip back and just hang with the sling. Correct. Yeah. So we're, we're um, actually hosting a teacher training for mm-hmm. that um, in like next week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then start offering the, the classes maybe in about a month or two once you get the curriculum set yeah and, yeah. yeah and the teachers trained as well nice. yeah because we see it really more as helping people get stronger because mm-hmm. the apparatus that we're going to use also has hand pulls 
So oh. you get to strengthen the arms, yeah, yeah. which you also need when you do inversions. Yeah. And um, help people who cannot come into inversion on their mm. own. Mm. So the apparatus becomes like, um, like a support. Yeah, I was actually thinking of getting one of those slings to install at home simply mm -hmm. because it's much it takes up no space as opposed to where if I bought my own inversion table to flip true, it true. takes up like half a room yes yes you know with the nice. sling you can hang it off a, a stud and essentially uh -huh, just yeah. flip that's correct yeah. yep and uh, but yeah it's definitely one of the, the best things but I, I love your your description of it that you know it's being able to stay relaxed in a difficult position yeah yeah that's actually I feel the advantage that yoga brings is mm. when you train when you train in that way, or the teacher always saying inhale, exhale, yeah. but you're like struggling and shaking and sweating, yeah. and it's like, when is it going to end, right? Yeah. You know, you, it's not the, it's not only you who feels that. We all feel that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're not alone. And uh, when the brain makes that connection, mm. so you keep doing that, keep coming to your yoga class, keep hearing it, mm. you get that. Um, Synapse or whatever it is that happens in your brain yeah, that, that mind body link yes that it's okay that you can relax in a difficult situation mm. and that is what will kick in when you're off the mat like in traffic or you know having uh, some issues with your wife at home in and the so, office yeah and it's Looking like you at know your employee that can't do their job correct you can come back to the breath and just breathe through it and mm. you know that your body will just relax. That's kind of a, a state that your body has developed being used to, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with, with that, I mean, you, you've obviously been doing it for a while now. Mm -hmm. you I know you exited the tech industry in 2016, but mm -hmm. you had actually retired previous to that, correct? Uh, no, no that, that was my first retirement. Uh, but, but I mean, you had retired from tech. Like, uh, yes, 2013. 2013. Yeah. And then you still were the owner of the company yes, for three years. And then you correct. exited yep. completely to a Japanese firm. Yeah. So you you've been doing this for a while, mm -hmm. and I know you were you said you were still running Yoga Plus for a few years before you even retired from tech. Yes. So you you've been in, in in it for a bit. You know when did you when you started to do the yoga? When how long was it from when you started until you start to see those results of mindfulness in the office? Whereas you weren't the devil meets Prada boss. You were the, <laughs> the boss that maybe someone could ask a question. I call, so. I call myself the angel wears Onitsuka. <laughs> so the devil wears Prada. So now I'm wearing rubber shoes. I didn't even know who Prada was at that time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone, you know, got, got a bug or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, for me, it came not from me, but more from people that I work with. Mm. So like getting that comment. So I would go on sales calls and I'd end up talking about yoga because my clients will say, you know, you look so calm mm. and relaxed. So what's the secret? And then I start talking about how I've been practicing yoga and then I'll tell them the benefits mm. and, you know, and encourage them to try it. And that actually was for me the tipping point when I said to myself, you have something here, you know, why... Mm. I was supposed to be selling my services and I would end up talking about yoga. So that got me to thinking that maybe it's time to shift. Mm. Yeah. And then, and that's when I um, enrolled to become a yoga teacher. So yeah. I got more information about yoga, philosophy, the mm. origins. I won't say I'm an expert. So I have read some books, listened to uh, talks, and I'm, I'm still a student, you know, mm. as far as yoga is concerned, because it's really something very deep mm. that, I mean, to study it would probably take a lot of years, right? 
So, and yeah, that got me started. And then I realized, I call it at the time magic. So mm. it's like, yoga has this kind of magic. It really changes you even without you wanting to. Mm. Now, how much of the yoga <clears throat> training is physical? How much of it is actually the mental part? Um, it goes both ways. It's just that in the beginning, we focus too much on the physical. Mm. But without us knowing it, we're actually bringing the mind into it. Yeah. Because I don't think, as you probably experienced, I don't think you can do yoga, the physical practice, without your mind being there. Mm. Yeah? If you're thinking about something else, for sure you're going to fall or, mm. you know, you they, can't, you you can't focus, give the pose. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it takes a, even like the simple poses, like the, the downward facing mm -hmm. dog. To get it right, like, because there's a lot of things like the way your spine is. Yeah, and the there's way a lot of things going on. The angles, yeah, you have to really focus on it. That's it. So that just the mere act of doing that mm. with every posture really creates all these neurons or plugs in these neurons in your head. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does create, like, you have to be very cognizant. It's not just like a, a random position. You have to be very cognizant of every angle, of your shoulders, your back, your yep. feet. Yeah. You know, and then I remember like, oh, you know, try to get your heels on the ground. Try to, you know, let your spine kind of relax a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, and that all these movements that we do in the body actually activate the brain. You know, it's like 80% of your brain is actually more about managing your body. Every time you mm. move, are you centered? Are you going to fall? So mm. all these like terabytes of information being sent to the brain to process yeah. to make sure you will not die. You know? Yeah, it just fall over in the street. <laughs> yes. So it actually strengthens the mind. Mm. Yeah. And what it also does is it trains your attention muscle, which is really in your brain, which is really what mindfulness is. So there is the, um, you we were talking about religion earlier. There is that uh, spiritual side mm. to meditation. And there is also the secular side, mm. which is what's being... Um, um, I would say gaining more uh, recognition now. Mm -hmm. So it's really how there's a science behind it. So yeah. neuroscience has uh, discovered that mindfulness is, a, is really a tool to help you to develop attention, to well, pay I, attention. For sure. I mean, there, there's something to be said about you have a certain amount of resources in your brain mm -hmm. that you can spend mm -hmm. and you have to recharge it. Mm -hmm. Every now and then. And even I notice, like, if if I'm really tapped out, because I, I usually take on a lot of my heavy work in the mornings, mm -hmm. and I try to work through late morning as much as I can, and then get to the point where, you know, I, I'm pretty much spent by lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And what I'll, if I don't take a nap, mm -hmm. what I'll at least try to do is, like, lay down for 10 minutes, close my eyes, and just not focus on anything and let my brain kind of reset mm -hmm. makes a huge difference for the rest of the day. Yep. Even, uh, so I have this on my Apple watch, I have this, uh, app that, uh, I can hit and it is it, just to help you breathe for a minute and mm -hmm. not focus on anything. And your watch will vibrate and let mm -hmm. you kind of, okay. in out in out. And if I do that for just a minute, sometimes on the train and it makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's, we see the same thing with, we know that napping improves your cognitive function. We know that, and we know now, like you said, the science behind it, that actually practicing concentration, meditation, whatever you want to call it, mindfulness, mm -hmm. improves your cognitive function mm -hmm. incredibly. Yep. This works on the neocortex part of the yeah. brain. Both short-term and long-term. Yes. Yeah. It is a cumulative effect. 
Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to do everything all at once. So mm. even a minute a day, like what you're doing, yeah. will eventually add up to something. Yeah, like I said, usually like probably about the halfway point in the day, I try to. I usually try to nap every day, mm. you know, for at least 20 minutes. And a part of that is just laying down, clearing my mind, getting ready, and then I do the minute thing whenever I have, like, if I'm on the train and I'm not checking emails, I'll just sit back, and I'll hit the app on my phone and just remember to breathe in and out. And yeah. try to hit it with the the rhythm, or if I'm, you know, just if I have a minute in an elevator, same thing. Yeah, that's actually a mindfulness practice yeah. you're doing right there. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. It tracks <laughs> an, it tracks an Apple Health as mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. But really, it's it's just me trying to to stay sharp because mm. you know when you do so much, like we'll do six or seven interviews a day with this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a media company. I have all this other stuff that I'm doing. You know, back uh, you know, back home and you know. It, it takes a toll on you, you know, psychologically, yeah. you know, and you, you want to be able to increase that. So, yeah. I, I mean, I understand the, like you said, the secular, the, the, just the, the science aspect yes. of it. Yeah. And that's what um, is gaining traction now in corporate America, I would say. So mm. this whole concept of, of uh, using mindfulness as a tool to pay mm. attention and to improve, rewire, to rewire the brain. Yeah. Rewire the brain. Yeah. And and there have been studies already that have um, shown the effects as far as the bottom line is concerned. Mm. So the employees become happier, yeah. they become more productive. Yeah. Um, you know, conflict resolution becomes easier. So yeah. yeah. Now I know also in uh, in the U.S. as in, in Silicon Valley, especially, there's a lot of people experimenting with uh, psychological drugs in in. As well as mindfulness, so, oh, okay. so, so taking like uh, LSD in micro doses oh, or right. using uh, neuropic drugs mm-hmm. to try to improve focus while mm-hmm. also working on mindfulness. Uh, and I know that those types of things aren't allowed here in the Philippines, <laughs> but no, it, it's an interesting segue mm-hmm. between the two, taking uh, you know kind of like a natural mindful route as well as you know experimenting. A lot of people self-experimenting with you know. The ability to expand consciousness chemically mm-hmm, mm, and it's very mm-hmm. interesting uh, mm. cross section. The the yogi gurus can do that, you know. Yeah, yeah without the drugs. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes the drugs help. You know, maybe maybe the yogi gurus have some drugs they're not sharing with us, and we need to find out. They just practice a long time, yeah. <laughs> hours and hours of sitting in meditation, which I think most people now who live in this lifestyle don't have time for. So yeah. the drugs probably enhance that. Maybe you know? it's a shortcut. It's a fast. Track. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong. But if you're in the Philippines, there's something wrong with that. Don't do drugs. But you know, if you're in another country that's a little bit more lenient, go ahead and give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> that came from Dana, <laughs> <laughs> not Dina. Not Dana. Dina. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I think the the benefits of it, you know, definitely interesting. One of the things that I see is kind of an interesting, you know, juxtaposition here of you. Is that you know you were the the boss from hell, like you said. That's mm. your your term, mm-hmm. and. You, know, you, you were in management, you were running business, but at the same time, you left to focus on the mindfulness, and now you're running a business again about mindfulness. Do mm-hmm. you ever feel like that old boss from hell coming back within the yoga business, like in, within your mindfulness coaching? Like, do you feel like, <laughs> like that inside Dina kind of tapping on the door of the brain saying, hey, we can be tougher here? Um, I, I, won't say, I won't say it in that sense, but maybe sometimes when I'm not, aware like my my autopilot kicks in then it comes mm. out so i 
there was, I also lead teacher training. So for the last four years, we were doing hot yoga teacher training yeah. in the Philippines in partnership with... You um, know it's hot here already, right? Like yes. you, you don't need hot yoga. <laughs> it's just like Thailand, you know. <laughs> Thailand's but, really hot, right, especially yeah. right now. This is yeah, the hottest so time of This year. hot yoga came from Thailand. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. But anyway, I'm also a hot yoga teacher. So uh. I started that my practice doing Bikram hot yoga. Okay. That's the Bikram studio, the first Bikram studio in the Philippines opened right below my office. Oh. And that's how I got into yoga. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so we've been doing um, yoga teacher training for the last four years. Um, I had started my mindfulness practice uh, somewhere around the time we started the teacher training as mm -hmm. well. In the second batch, we were um, towards the end of the course already, like graduation, planning the graduation. Mm -hmm. I had a student who was giving me a lot of difficulty for the entire duration of the yeah. course. Like It's a 200-hour uh, program, so uh, almost a month, mm. right? And she's always complaining and, you know, giving me a lot of problems. But I was dealing with her really calmly with mm -hmm. a lot of mindfulness. But on the last meeting that we had prior to the graduation, she was complaining about what the time was for the graduation. I said, okay, we all meet for lunch. It's at 12 o'clock. I said, 12 o'clock, that's too early. I said, you know, and in the Philippines, 12 o'clock is lunchtime. Mm. That was like, for me, like everything that I was holding out just broke loose and mm -hmm. I lost it, like totally lost it. So the old boss from hell came <laughs> back. <laughs> so it just goes to show that, you know, without that awareness, these patterns can still Still pop up. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and that's fine. That's 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 who we are. So it's neither good nor bad. It just was. It's what so, it is. Yeah. So um, after I think a few hours or the day after, I apologized to her, mm -hmm. and then I said, and and she ended up coming to the reunion and all was was well, right? Mm. Um, so I think it's yeah. So we will see these patterns every now and then, and and it doesn't matter, you know. Mm. It is. It's a journey. As like, long as you catch it, you work on yes, it. Yes, it is a practice. So we continue to to hone the skill. Mm. And um, just the last uh, course that we did uh, last year, uh, one of the assistants was a trainee from the first batch. Okay. And so she was observing how we were doing the, the feedback sessions. Mm. And we were walking from the studio to have pizza. And she was telling the trainees, oh, my God, you should have seen her in the first batch. Really? Yeah. And then this, this tra these trainers, the assistants were saying, Miss D, that's what everybody calls me. Miss D, where is the old Dina? Why yeah. are you so kind now? <laughs> and I said, really? I mean, I, it's not something that I'm now doing with conscious, like consciously, oh, oh I have to be kind. I have mm. to be like this. So. It's just coming out. That's what the work has done for yes, you. Yes, after many years of practice, mm. it's changing me. And, yeah. and they have seen it because they saw me four years ago. Mm. And now they see me and they said, you know, it's really different. So It's a continuous journey for you? Yes. Yes, but I, I won't say, you know, I've, I've done it, you know. Mm. It's you still a daily happier? practice. Yeah, yeah, because mm. there is really no reason to be, to be sad or yeah. to, to, you know, to not feel happy. Um, in, in, there is this uh, mindfulness app called Headspace. Yeah, I've heard of Headspace. Okay, yeah. so he said, in, in one of his animations, he said, um, happiness is the blue sky, you know? It's, mm. it's like a default. You go up 
on the plane above the clouds, you see the blue sky. It's always mm. there. That's that's happiness. Yeah. But sometimes there are clouds, dark clouds, white clouds, whatever. Mm. These are your worries, your problems. And you feel like, oh, I'm not happy. But the clouds go away and the, the happiness is there. So mm. that's our, our default state of mind yeah. is to be happy. To be happy. That's the default. Yeah. And yeah. so anything else that comes in is clouding it? Yeah. It's just something that's covering it and we get like sort of disconnected from it mm. for a while. But it's always there inside. So we don't have to find it. Yeah, so how do you tap into getting more of that blue sky as opposed to more clouds? Um, for me, it's really more of a personal um, seating practice, as we call a formal meditation practice mm. regularly, daily. Mm. So like sit in the morning for 10 minutes and just focus on the breath. Mm. It's like you're charging your phone like or your daily nap. Or yeah. Something that resets you charges you with this positive energy mm -hmm. gives you that and injection of something yeah. nice yeah it's just the practice so yeah. you you keep doing it keep doing it and um paying attention so those are two practices so sitting meditation is like the formal practice mm -hmm. if you may call it that and then you also apply it so because there are also meditation practitioners who spend hours uh Meditating, just like people going to church, you know, mm -hmm. or Catholics or other religious people. And yet they they come home and, you know, fight with the wife and, you mm. know, uh, or go to the office and kill everyone there. So yeah. <laughs> so there is the, the practice and there is the application. Mm. So the formal practice of watching the breath, paying attention. And then when you're like in this situation, paying attention to also what's happening. Okay. Yeah. How am I feeling? How is what you're saying affecting me? Am I contracted? Am I, you know, feeling mm. an expansion? Are we in sync? What's the vibration? So being really here in the moment and just paying attention to that. So it's a daily constant practice. So mm. and then with with enough practice, I guess it becomes a little bit more natural mm -hmm. and like your default state, which is really what you want to achieve. Yeah. Right. You want that to be your your default, your your just your primary state i guess Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah so it's like you know your if your computer breaks down mm -hmm. you reformat everything and then you install the new os hopefully this is the version two right yeah <laughs> so you've like wiped totally wiped out that old os version mm. and you've reinstalled this new one and it works perfectly mm. right hopefully so, yeah so that's like rehacking rewiring the Mo brain. most of the time because you're from a tech background too so you know <laughs> most of the time that's not how updates work, though, right? Yeah. It's, it's just Gradual. patches on yes, top of patches on top of patches. That's true. And sometimes they don't work well and you get conflicts. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the chemically induced ones are the total reboot. Yeah, that's the total reboot. <laughs> the reality is the patches. You know, it, it's funny to, to think about it that way, that it, it's it's a, like an operating system, right? Because then you can, if you, if you, it's like with software, because you're from a, a software background. You told me you worked with Oracle for a yes. long time. You know, if you understand the inner workings of the software is instead of just like the, the superficial surface workings mm. of it, you have much more control over mm. it. Mm. And I, I guess like the, the way you're explaining the mindfulness, you know, it's the same way. If you have mm. a much better mind-body connection, you have a much better understanding of the way your own brain works, then you have more control mm. over it. And I guess the way you... Just like with software, the way we develop that understanding and that knowledge is through practice and study. Mm -hmm. It's the same way, I guess, for the mind. Yeah, like anything, because it is really a skill. 
Mm. Yeah, it is because like, um, I think by default, people really want to be good, you know, mm. to be kind, to be happy. It's just that sometimes we, the way we were brought up, the environment we grew up in did not allow that to yeah. happen, you know. It wasn't I mean, a possibility. Yeah. So, and then you end up um, in your adult life, messing up your relationships, you mm. know, um, not being able to make good, significant connections with people you work with, mm -hmm. mainly because you didn't know how to go about doing it, you know. Yeah. And, and you want to change, but how do I change? You know, this is mm. me. I can't change, you know. Yeah. People will always say that. My mother says that. Don't try to change me. Yeah. Yeah, but now science says you can change. <laughs> you can rewire the brain, so you have no excuse. But you have to be, do you have to be willing to do it, I guess? Yes, of course. Well, I, mean, yeah. I guess you don't have to, right? We always yeah. hear about people getting kidnapped and brainwashed and mm. stuff like that. But mm. <laughs> yeah. I think like, if, you if you want to have positive change, though, yes, right? You yes, yes. There is, yeah, so mindfulness has now been scientifically proven as one of the best tools, if not the best tools, to rewire the brain. Mm. To really just change how you are programmed. Just takes time, though. Yes. Effort. Yeah. You take start with a minute a day. Yeah. yeah. So the research says in as little as 100 minutes, there is already change in the brain. Really? Chemically, yeah. physically? Uh, functionally. Functionally. The way your brain functions will change. Very interesting. Yeah. So if it's 10 minutes a day, in 10 days, the change can start. Yeah. I mean, I, you mentioned Headspace. I use, I use another app called uh, Insight Timer. Okay. That has... Uh, one of the things I really enjoy is not so much like the guided meditations. I can't really get into mm -hmm. that type of stuff. But they have, um, under the music tracks, they have tracks that are just frequencies, uh, like yeah. tones. Yes. And I, I really, really, I don't know, I get, I get a lot out of that. Mm -hmm. Like I find that certain frequencies, certain tones in the, in the playlists help me to relax yes. more. Yes, yeah. As opposed to like, the running water, the wind in uh -huh. the trees. Yeah. I, I don't really find that as enjoyable. Yeah. But if I can listen to something that's just like a generated tone mm -hmm. for like a prolonged period of time, I really do find like I'm able to slip out of the the state where I'm focused on something. Yeah. Or like my, my mind is jumbled to get to the point where I can focus on nothing, mm -hmm. which is hard for me sometimes mm -hmm. to get to the point where I don't have anything to think about. Yeah, and I don't know if it's if it's actually the tone doing it, or if it's just something that I can kind of use as a mm. trigger to to escape. Yeah, well, sounds very healing, you know. Ancient mm. practices use sound a lot. So, I just came from a yoga retreat, mm. and we uh, used uh, six healing sounds, which is Taoist. So mm. uh, you make a certain sound that's supposed to stimulate a certain organ system in the body mm. to heal it. So mm. it's an ancient, ancient practice. So gongs and all that are used yeah. by 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 um, a lot of um, cultures. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I don't mm. know if there's anything to back up the uh, the scientific fact of it of it mm. healing. Yeah, or the frequency. Yeah, because we we yeah. vibrate. You know, our atoms vibrate at a certain frequency. Mm. When we are sick, when we are tired, uh, we every the the vibration becomes lower. Mm. So if you elevate that. Um, then it will help you on the way to healing or recharging. How, how do you measure those vibrations? Is there like some type of instrument? Yeah. Well, the, the sound has a frequency, like a certain yeah, hertz. Well, well, sound has frequency, but how yeah. do you measure vibration? You're talking about like the atoms in, in your the body. body? Oh, well, I wouldn't know for sure how, but yeah. because it's, uh, it's alive, everything is vibrating. I think there is a certain vibration for that. I just don't know off the top of my head what it is. Yeah. That's why in yoga we do the OM sound. Because the OM is supposed mm. to be 
mimicking how our cells are actually vibrating. Yeah. And we, when we make that sound, it connects to that. Mm. So it's really more um, physical and scientific rather than the, the spiritual aspect. Of course, it's yeah. also very centering, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to find out about like how they measure that so you know like what, what those frequencies are. Because like if that's true that you can kind of like replicate that sound by like ohming, yeah, right? yeah, it'd be interesting because there, I'm sure there are people who get it right like right away. Like you think about like singers who have perfect pitch, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if there are meditators who have like perfect frequency. Maybe, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting thing to find out yeah. or to to can, look into. Can they tap into that? Mm-hmm. And okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I know you said that you're, you're still kind of like working to try to get mindfulness into the corporate space here mm-hmm. in the in, uh, Philippines. Have any startup founders been like really interested in this since it is a trend from the valley? Yeah, well, um, no, I have not had any uh, experience yet with mm. the start- startups, but I work my way through organizations mm. like, you know, I'm part of uh, a women's group called the Business Professional Women. Okay. It's a global organization, so we sponsor talks. So I, I give a talk as much as I can. Okay. I, I have done a, a talk for the executive team of one of the large PPOs here in the Philippines, mm-hmm. so um, American multinational stationed here. So they did a, like a meeting executive planning, all the one-downs of the CEO over there, and I nice. talked about my... My leadership story. Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada story. So. Well, I mean, also, I mean, because you're an entrepreneur, you're a tech entrepreneur, so, mm. and then you've moved into this kind of mindfulness space. So, mm. I, I would think that it, there's a very natural correlation for you yeah. to, to start working with like startups and tech companies since you have a background in that as yeah. well. There was one, uh, actually, one of my, um, one of the people I know from IT actually approached me because they have like, um, like a startup organization, and mm-hmm. so they really help tech startups. Yeah, maybe time to revisit. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah, you never know. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a good idea. You know, in mm-hmm. that, in that regard, like I said, for me, it seems like a natural correlation since you have so much experience mm-hmm. with not just your own tech company in in the IT service space, but mm-hmm. also with working with a huge tech giant like Oracle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of uh, correlation there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm slowly inching my way back into IT because now mm. that I have um, more or less a program that mm. I can pitch. Yeah. Then the the idea is to go and uh, present it to these IT executives yeah. and yeah. see if they're interested. See if yep. they bite. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Well, well, Dean, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out here today. Do me a favor. Let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and your mm-hmm. mindfulness training, your mm-hmm. coaching, as well as Yoga Plus. All right. So the Yoga Plus website is www.yogaplus.ph. Okay. Okay. They can reach me through there. There's um, um, There are corporate programs there where I yeah. have the Happy Healthy Workplace. Mm-hmm. So that's actually the, the brand that I use for the corporate training programs that are mindfulness-based. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm also on Instagram, Miss Dines, and on Facebook, Dina Salonga. Okay. That's D-I-N-A-H Salonga on Facebook. So awesome. you can, um, yeah, just send me a message and then, yeah, let's chat. <laughs> Fantastic. Guys, all of those will be down in the show notes. So you'll be able to find all those links. Uh, I've had a great time talking to Dina. I think the, the concept of the mindfulness really plays a big role in productivity. And like I've seen it just with the little bit that I do have a major impact. 
So I definitely recommend you guys check it out, find out more about it, learn for yourselves. And until next time, stay on that grind. This is the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bloom. Oh yeah, flip the, flip the airplane mode. If you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in disguise. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm trying to build an enterprise.